0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. So, Peter, I first interviewed you seven years ago, which feels like a different historical era, frankly. Quite a lot has happened since then. But I remember, I think I started that by asking your your views, kind of just sketch your opinions on the, on the preeminent politicians at the time, that was still David Cameron and George Osborne. Let's start with Boris Johnson. I'm interested in your thoughts on his,
1: we'll start with his moral character. <laughs> I, I don't think he claim to have one. Uh, the, the thing, about, I mean, I have met him a bit. When he was editor The Spectator, we got together in a sort of prank against Michael Portillo. Uh, which involved me uh, putting myself forward for the Conservative nomination for Kensington and Chelsea. It was fundamentally his idea. I played along with it. Published a book. He was uh, he, he was an enjoyable person to deal with. I find it I wouldn't say impossible to dislike it, but I've never I've never I've never disliked him personally. And it's hard to disapprove morally of somebody who doesn't share your morals. I, don't, I just don't think he does. So, uh, in almost all moral discussions, the the, the older I get, the more I say my my main concern, my main moral concern, is about myself. Uh, The whole point of morality is not to tell other people what to do, but to get uh, get some kind of control over yourself and over the things that you oughtn't to do that you perhaps like doing too much. So I'm not. I can't really get very exercised. In the, I see a lot of people get very exercised about, here we have a politician who's not honest. Uh, well, okay. But then, nor do I think was Blair honest over Iraq. And is that more or less important than Johnson's dishonesty? Nor was Cameron honest over Libya. Uh, one of the greatest catastrophes of foreign policy of modern times. And he gets a free pass. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be my angle of attack. Do you know I nearly was Boris Johnson? Explain. Well, there was was a period in the 1990s when Have I Got News For You was quite rightly getting a lot of stick for being too left-wing. And so they were seeking a right-wing panellist. And I got a tryout and he got a tryout. And the night I did it, the programme was more or less eaten by Clarissa Dixon-Wright. Do you remember the two fat ladies? Yeah, well, I won't go into it, but I made some perfectly serviceable jokes, one of which was stolen by one Anthony Wedgwood-Ben, and one of which wasn't stolen, and one of which was cut out by the makers (laughs) of the program. But I thought I did reasonably well, and the fantastic thing which happened in the weeks after I was on How I Got News For You was that I, for a very short period, became a real Minus celebrity, that is to say, people would stop me in the street all the time and say I've seen him, so it was astonishing. I'd never experienced anything remotely like it. And that was just from one appearance. Now imagine if they'd selected me instead of him and I'd been on Have I Got News For You as many times as he had, the celebrity power it would have given me. So PR, you could You could now be asking Boris Johnson what he thought of my world.
0: I have to say, I am now flitting between amusement, I have to say I'm amused, and mild rage, because obviously, I don't subscribe to the great man view of history. I think grand social forces played a major role yeah, right. in determining how things happen. But if they had gone for you over yes. Boris Johnson, imagine he may never have become... All
1: these things all would, these would things. not have happened, because no. I'm, in my view, everything that happened to so him... So basically, if was, you'd have told... how I got news for you, created Boris Johnson as a national figure.
0: If you told maybe just two more jokes, two more great jokes, that my the political consequences...
1: My jokes were fine. It was banging well, well, It wasn't P.O. bad. It was... You can look at it, you can watch the programme and you can see what happened. You should have ruffled your hair first. It wasn't... I mean, no, it wasn't. It was it was it was just that the, the, the Clarissa Dixon-Wright was...
0: <laughs> so she me,
1: She was determined to, to dominate the programme at, at all costs ever, and, and that's what happened.
0: One of the T-fat ladies... Most of it had to be thrown
1: away because, well, it, 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 I think she's no longer with us now. But... Anyway, it was that close, is all I'm saying. It was like one of those John O'Hara novels in which somebody nearly becomes President of the United States. It could have been me. I, I am so lucky. Well, all I'm saying is you can't libel the dead, so
0: I'm going to say she played a very significant role in the destruction in the of this country. If <laughs>
1: you the country, yes, she did. People don't realise. I, I you the, could write a novel about it. The, the, one of those moments, the sliding doors moments, in which the whole history of everything, of everything. everything and everybody involved has changed. Based on an In this over- case, it was one fat lady. An overly boisterous performance by one fat lady. Yep. So, I guess
0: what, I very much take your point, by the way, in terms of often, you know, how, we, how politics is so trivialized. I get very angry when I bring up the war in Iraq, when some people roll their eyes, go, oh, so far, long away, and in 20 years' time, would people say if Putin, you know, oh, you know, the Ukraine war was 20 years ago. Why are you still going on about it? Because it, it makes it sound like Arab lives don't matter, but...
1: I still go on about the Franco-Prussian war, for goodness sake, and I wasn't even around. I mean, what they did to the Paris, so It seems closer and closer as I get older. No.
0: But the point, what depressed me about what you just said is how we shrug our shoulders and normalise dishonesty because it's so corrosive to democracy. Because yeah, if people I don't do. trust I their not, politicians...
1: I'm not normalising dishonesty. I'm, I'm against it. But it, there are orders of magnitude. And the other thing in this, this whole business of the uh, of, of, um, cake gate is that, f- for me, the offense was not in having a piece of cake or drinking some foul wine in Downing Street. The offense was in formulating regulations which prevented other people from doing so. That was the, that was the, that was the wicked action. The thing which infuriated me was government taking powers they should never have taken for reasons which didn't justify them. And the rest of it is, is trivial to me. And the, to getting angry about the fact that he didn't break, he, he, he didn't keep regulations he had himself made, is a waste of time. The question is if, if, were the regulations justified in the first place? In my view, absolutely not. The whole thing was a terrible, disastrous mistake, like burning down your house to get rid of a wasp nest. And that's what he should be being excoriated for.
0: We disagree, obviously, on the approach to the pandemic, but that notwithstanding, surely you understand the rage of people who couldn't hold the hands of their dying relatives, watch their relatives buried on the... Of
1: course I understand. And the guy in but charge I, I of communicating the rules didn't mis- abide by them. It's misdirected. They shouldn't be angry about him for having the cake. They should be angry about it for making the re- angry about his making the regulations.
0: Do you think if we hadn't had the regulations, the death toll actually stands at about one hundred and seventy thousand? Do you think it would have been any lower?
1: I think the evidence from Sweden suggests it would have been much the same. Why was
0: it much higher in Sweden than its neighbouring countries?
1: The uh, death toll. An interesting question, and I couldn't tell you. I Sweden is perhaps more urbanised than the others. Um, I I don't know, but Sweden.
0: So the death toll is way more than all of them combined.
1: Yeah, but I, wh- why would you why would you make that comparison and, and no other? If you compare Sweden with other advanced European countries instead of just with its Scandinavian neighbours, it more or less comes out roughly the same, if not slightly better. The main problem that Sweden had was 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 one which we had, as they completely messed up their care homes. Of course, I didn't. A total yeah. mess up. Care that, that happened, well, that happened that, in, uh, in is, Scotland as, as well. Swedish, Swedish care homes are bigger than British ones, and so the. the the, the, the death toll from it was bigger. I, that had that something to do with it, but the, the narrowing it down to Scandinavian comparison obscures the, the most fundamental fact that a country which didn't do what we did <laughs> didn't suffer consequences any worse than, than either we had or than most other comparable European countries did.
0: We'll talk about COVID in a bit. Let's talk about Boris Johnson still. How what is political character? What is the
1: political will-do-slash-philosophy of politics? I don't think he has any politics. I simply don't think he has any political objectives. I, it's impossible to divine what they are. What, what does he believe in? He, I think he's one of these people who, 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 who pursues, who, he, he embraces policies in order to pursue office rather than pursuing office in order to implement policies. What, what is, is there any evidence of a consistent belief system in anything he's ever said or done that you can see? Because I can't see it.
0: It strikes me, though, with the Tory kind of trauma or tumult going on, that when David Cameron and George Osborne were dominant, they had an economically pro-austerity, what I call an authentic neoliberal, roll back the state approach. But they were seen as being socially liberal. I would question that, given their policies in rhetoric and immigration, but that was how they were seen. Whilst the objection now for many on the right is you have a government which is far more socially conservative, that on the economy is more interventionist, and actually the objection lots well, of Tory MPs have at the
1: moment is increasing corporation what way is, tax. is it more socially conservative? Well,
0: what deporting migrants to Rwanda?
1: Well, I have to point out they haven't actually, as we sit here, deported anybody. No, they want to. Well, they want people to think they're going to deport people to Rwanda.
0: What do you think about deporting migrants to Rwanda?
1: I think it's probably impracticable. Um, and it's, 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 it, it, it yeah. may not be the ideal destination. Um, I don't think the, the, the idea of finding some way of deterring people from entering the country illegally is, is in itself wrong.
0: Why didn't it work in Israel when they did the same thing?
1: Why did it or did it? didn't, it didn't I, work. I have no idea. I've never looked into it. I mean, the, the, the only country... Because I think it's immoral, but it's also Yeah, of it. sure, but it's, it's different. But the only country which I think has made anything of this kind work at all and even there, I think it's been called into question, is Australia. But they have, uh, they have much, much wider seas between them and the, and, and the people who want to come to the country illegally. I mean, Prince Charles, I don't actually... I, I don't, I mean, I, I think the, 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 the purpose of it is not to send people to Rwanda. The purpose of it is to get people to stop going across the Channel. Well, isn't... If they could do that without sending anyone to Rwanda, they'd be perfectly happy.
0: I don't agree. I don't think that is the purpose. But, I don't, but
1: You see, but that's, that's assuming that they, that they believe they can do it. No, but I by think own, the... Own, you see, you talked about David Cameron being conservative on immigration. He talks perpetually about bringing immigration down. I know he didn't. But he never actually did so. He said to so tens of thousands. This is what conservatives do. They talk about bringing immigration down, but they don't actually do it. Isn't the part, point of the Rwanda scheme to
0: basically cause outrage from people like myself and to get it blocked it didn't get blocked by, by, the, uh, by obviously the recent judgement unfortunately but isn't the point actually it, it's simply to appeal to a particular base who have very reactionary view on migrants and create political tension over the issue
1: leaving so whether their view is very reactionary certainly I think it has a political purpose and I'm reminded of the, remember Theresa May's vans going around. I do North London with their posters saying everybody would be deported which of course they weren't going to be. Go there. home. And that was, aimed, that, that was aimed at the Conservative voter base rather than, than at anybody who was actually illegally in the country. You probably couldn't have understood what was written on the vans anyway. So, yes, I mean, you're, you're, you're perfectly entitled to take a sceptical view of whether there's any real intent here. And I, you, you wouldn't necessarily find me disagreeing. I'm not a supporter of this government. I'm not a member of the Conservative Party. I don't have any reason to help it.
0: The reason I'm surprised, you know, for, for me, in my lifetime, I've never had a government which in any way aligns to my political views. And I kind of resent you a bit because I think to myself, come on, Peter, you've got something so close, surely, to your own
1: worldview and you're still grumpy about it you've got you've got in, you've, nothing that this government you've got, does, does if, or stands for has why? any what? resemblance to anything that i that, that i i desire
0: what's your first big objection to this government what what is it about as, as someone like yourself i'd say you know a, a social conservative small c who hates the conservative party but but why what about this oh. government do you fundamentally object to I,
1: all governments, particularly since 1997, have accepted as a fait accompli the social and cultural revolution.
0: In what way is this government accepting that revolution?
1: Well, it's, it, 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 it implements, particularly, the, 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 the keystone piece of legislation, which, which is the Equality Act of 2010. What's your so objection that? to that? Well, I don't. I, 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 I don't actually. Uh, accepts its categories as being the correct categories. Nor do I, nor do I believe that equality and diversity should be the governing principle of the country.
0: Do you think this government talks about diversity a lot? I don't. I don't. I it don't does. See it.
1: In, in, in what it does, it does. If you, the, the, if you, if, if, an actually conservative government, in, in the technical sense rather than in the, 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 the title sense, came to being, it would have so many tasks. The most fundamental thing, that has happened in this country, really, since the 1950s uh, has been, first of all, the withdrawal of support by the state for the married family, and secondly, the acceptance by the state of the idea that there is no ultimate moral right and wrong and that you, you therefore can no longer deter or punish wrongdoing those two things together have transformed the country completely and they were achieved over a period of 2025 20, years by labor and conservative governments
0: in what sense well
1: uh, first of all the the key piece of legislation on the family has to be the Harold Wilson divorce law reform act of 1968 69 the penal and you know, criminal justice reforms of Roy Jenkins similarly removed the principle of punishment from the criminal justice system and also dismantled the police as a preventive organisation designed to prevent crime. So those are two, those are two key moments.
0: But we have far more people in prison now
1: than we did in the 90s. Yes we do and it's fascinating and that, but that's, that's just a demonstration of how it, practically ineffective, the policy is, that they're dodging. We now use prisons as a a final resort uh, when we've... Most people who who go to prison, unless they're homicide, will probably have committed something like 30 crimes before they ever get there. Many of those crimes not even noticed or prosecuted by the authorities, then subject to cautions, uh, to fines which went unpaid, to suspended sentences, to community service orders and only when, by the time people have actually become habitual criminals they actually get sent to prison. Look at, look at uh, read reports from magistrates' courts and see what, the, what, see what the magistrates and the district judges are saying to the people they're sending to prison, or more often not sending to prison. It's, uh, the, the pressure on the judiciary not to send people to prison is huge, but what we have is an irreducible minimum of incompetent criminals who get caught and who ha- have such long records that they have to send them to prison. That's what the prisons do now. Whereas, if prison was the experience as it used to be before this of, that came to you on a second offence, which used to be the first offence people would, unless it was very serious, the courts would usually be lenient. But if you came on a second offence, and usually it would be prison. It acted as a deterrent. And if you look at prison population, not just in raw numbers, but per capita, during the post-war period, it's the time after the criminal justice system goes soft and begins making excuses for, for criminals that the, the numbers of people in prison go up so now that that is a paradox which like all paradoxes is easily explained if you look but most people don't look
0: well just two, two things
1: i mean you asked me so i'm telling no, no, you no, I, no. I wrote a whole book about this no, some years ago i mean so, so then, long ago that i'm now beginning to forget bits <laughs> of it but that bit i cannot forget
0: i mean the statistics show that people in prison are disproportionately people with some form of mental illness they have most male prisoners, one or two, personalities disorders. they are people often from deprived backgrounds who've, sure. been, who've been abused, gone through very trauma. Quite so. So, is it not the case that our justice system is essentially locking up mentally
1: ill poor people who've oh, been... Failed? The, 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 there are a lot of mentally ill people in prison who ought to be in mental hospitals and would be if we still had the mental hospitals that Enoch Powell very stupidly closed down. Uh, it's amazing how Enoch Powell is is, is rightly loathed for his... Uh, for his um, rivers of blood speech but his in many ways much worse action of closing down residential mental health provision in this country is forgotten and an awful lot of people end up the police are heavily burdened with dealing with them the prisons contain them is if you visit a prison which i expect you have done the, the probably the most tragic part of the prison you'll see is the bit where the mentally ill people are there's it's totally the wrong place for them but the, in the end, the state has nowhere else to put them because it's dismantled the other provision it ought to have. That is true. Uh, deprivation takes more than one form. Of course it's true that, uh, that, that people who, are, um, who come from the, 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 the more deprived part of society disproportionately end up in prison. But that isn't necessarily because of material poverty. It's because of the dismantling of, uh, of authority, both in the home, uh, increasingly in the schools, and also on the streets, uh, which allows people who go wrong to go wronger and wrong and wrong. And it's it's the if the middle class family breaks down, then generally you know there are two comfortable homes, there are seriously organised arrangements for the children to be looked after. If a poor family breaks down, uh, there are serial boyfriends in the house, many of whom don't like the existing children. Uh, there is chaos. Uh, there is an almost total absence of responsible examples uh, or authority figures.
0: I ask you about the family. So you
1: would get that, that. So it's not surprising that you would find most crime among the deprived. It's perfectly possible to be poor and to be well behaved. And many, many millions of people throughout history. You look at this country during the 20s and 30s, the poor people of this country living in circumstances of deprivation we would find unimaginable almost totally uh, free of crime. Before I ask you about the family and marriage
0: again, because I, mean, I am interested in that, why do you think in Norway, who has a justice system based, which has a justice system very much based on rehabilitation, where sentences are shorter, and where prisons, I'll be honest with you, are kind of, as far as the male or the daily, the, the mail on Sunday would well, be concerned, would be this, you know, outrageous, idyllic settings and surroundings. Why is there a re-offending rate so
1: much lower I don't know. than that of Britain. I've never looked into it. I mean, it may but be, Do you not think that would be an interesting it, it, point for you to all, consider, given. It may be that it's quite difficult to find out a lot of this stuff, and you have. I haven't had the time to do it. It may be that in Norway, um, being a much smaller society, in which I would imagine it's much harder to get away with crime without people knowing, that they get them earlier on. I don't know. But it's just I because quite, they I have can't, can't talk about it because I don't know. Which
0: is, the US has a high reoffending rate and a high crime rate, but a very punitive yeah. justice system. Norway. Of a, a, a the opposite form of justice is compa- in a I don't, I, mean, anyway.
1: I don't compare this country with, with, with other countries with totally different social structures. In the United States, I think we, we have to accept it's a very different country from yes. this country. And, and indeed, the south of the USA is a very different country from the north. Yes, it is. Uh, and and often west from very different. No, the north and the south is the That's true. biggest yeah. difference. That's true. But I compare this country now with this country as it was. And I think s- demonstrable changes took place which followed legislative and cultural change.
0: You, you wrote about marriage, by killing lifelong marriage we are killing children. Liberal Britain cannot see this but until somebody does the tragedies will continue. Now I understand very much your critique of the collapse of what's sometimes described as a traditional family, of marriage as a central institution pillar of society, but I mean isn't it just the case that what we know as marriage, the institution of marriage, all, real, all the forms that relationships take, has drastically changed throughout the ages. We didn't used to have romantic love. It used to, people would be partnered up, uh, not on the basis of falling in love with each other, it would be based on, on other things. Women in the institution of marriage traditionally were enslaved, they were imprisoned, they were the chattel of their husband. So, you know, the institution of marriage in the 14th century or the 18th century are very different from the 20th century. It's just the case, isn't it, that throughout the ages, the forms that relationships take just drastically change. It's barking at thunder to try and suggest you can sort of force people back into an institution that evolves so drastically all the
1: time. Some changes happen as as a result of things which can't be controlled or altered. Uh, Some things happen, and the whole nature of society alters from a a rural peasant society to an industrial, urban society. To all kinds of things, all kinds of things change. Other things change as a result of legislative decision. It may be that um, I don't, I don't have any. I'm not a propagandist for the past. I don't say that everything that happened in the past is better than what happened in the present. I say that the the principal activity of anybody with any influence over events is choosing the future. And I'm saying that in the period when we undermined marriage, particularly in the 1960s, we chose the wrong future and we pay for it all the time. The, The society which existed before the 1968 act was not all that different from the society we have now but the principal difference between the two uh, One of the principal differences between the two is the fact that marriage is, is, is now so easily Dissoluble
0: isn't that simple. I mean if two people it didn't have to happen but if two people no longer love each other it, They they need to, I mean look the children's society did a study. Divorce, which suggested di- no, that no, just quickly.
1: Divorce isn't permission to separate Divorce is permission to remarry mm-hmm. Right, the Two completely different things People, if people don't wish to stay together, then then no law is ever going to force them to stay together. But if you make marriage a state of life with considerable privileges and responsibilities, something which you can do serially and which you, the, the, the principal promise which the contracting parties make is broken, then you change the nature of the society in which it exists. And there's no other area of law in which this is the case. If you, if you don't pay for some... If you buy a new computer and you don't pay for it, uh, the person who sold it to you will come after you and eventually, if you won't pay, in the county court. And because you have broken your side of the contract to pay the bill, the court will side with the guy who sold you the computer and make you pay. But isn't that different? If because you, minute, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you break a marriage, then the court will side with the person who breaks the contract.
0: Yeah, but the difference between if you buy a computer you don't pay for it is you're imposing a financial penalty for which someone else suffers because they have burdened the cost no, of... I'm just talking
1: about the enforcement of promise No, I know, of course, but it's different, if, though, isn't if, it? Because what harm has done purposes, to... One of the purposes of law is to enforce promise. Sure. People should be able to, to keep promises, but sometimes they don't, and if they don't, the law is there to reinforce the promise. But, I mean, in fact... It's pla- a unique feature of law that the, the, the promise of marriage... Uh, is one which the courts will not back.
0: It, but it's surely In fact, just,
1: well, they will actively side with the promise breaker against the promise keeper. But
0: it's an unrealistic absurdity, surely, to presume that you could ever treat whatever the marriage vow says, I understand, I've been to many weddings, I know what the marriage I know how the vows go. It's a ludicrous fantasy to think that anybody could really promise, regardless of circumstances, that they will never part from the person that they have pledged to marry. Uh, in 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years. That's well,
1: just an absurdity. Can, can that is your opinion, and this is not mine.
0: I want to talk about Keir Starmer. Now, you he said, he said he belonged to a Marxist faction. It's true, he was part of a left-wing collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so were you, you've changed. Obsessed, so, yeah. obsessed with green politics and sexual revolution, well into his adulthood, and has never said he was wrong. And he will now be surprised, and you talked about there'll be this potential for permanent revolution, uh, majority for the hard left. Now, let me just put this, make this very clear, someone who's on the radical left. Keir Starmer stood for the Labour leadership on, we talked about deceit, we talked about dishonesty. He stood on a platform, essentially of Corbynism without Corbyn, of radical domestic policies, of party unity, and he completely reversed all of those things. So your nightmare, which you've painted of Keir Starmer leading some left-wing radical government... I would just very politely put to you, is not going to happen.
1: Well, that depends on what you think a radical left wing government looks like. I, I think the Blair government was a radical left wing government. I think the Blair government was the most radical government this country has had since Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> and you don't. Well, no. I mean, well, you you I just, don't because in my view, you're unobservant and untutored in the ways of revolution. And I am observant and I am tutored in the ways of revolution I know how it's done. I just and, think re- you would have revolution. noticed the revolution in the Red Cromwell's Red time, no, the time and people didn't. About, the whole point about modern revolution is that it is, half of the point is that it's not noticeable. Right. It's the Kierkegaardian revolution where all the buildings remain standing but all the ideas change.
0: Can it truly be a revolution if people don't really notice it? Yes. I just think under Cromwell most people really of the, did notice of it. Most effective
1: revolutions. Well, yes, but Cromwell had a very large army to make sure that people but didn't... That's what I mean. You don't, People don't want to do this anymore. What the, Wait, this is all, it's again, you're so young. It, I'm not though, you weren't alive in 1968. I wasn't, mate. What idealistic revolutionists saw in 1968 was tanks. They saw what they had reluctantly, increasingly reluctantly viewed as their side, enforcing its will with tanks on the people of Czechoslovakia. And they were horrified
0: my dad was in Czechoslovakia when that happened
1: well there you are then he in I, bet, he, I, bet, I bet he was horrified he I'm was horrified, horrified. So he's a trotskyist and what the, and what the, the intelligent left began at that point to do was to was to rethink on a grand scale i mean they'd already been trotskyist i mean i you know i was a trotskyist in the States, but, it, but it went it, it, what happened was that to the the mainstream communists the, the european social democrats and the european communists particularly the Italians, we can't carry on like this this is not a no one will ever support uh, a movement which imposes its will by force with tanks. Uh, the Soviet experiment has been a disastrous failure, and yet we still wish to transform society. How do we do it? That's why that when they began in large numbers to turn to Antonio Gramsci and his, his completely different theory of how you revolutionize
0: Michael Gove quotes him quite a lot. Of course he does, yes. At the, but on that, look, listen... New
1: Labour. Well, except, the interesting thing about Michael Gove is which side is he on in this revolution? Well, that is an interesting, well, very interesting question. Um, wh- what New Labour did is accept
0: the fundamental underpinnings of Thatcherism. The privatised utilities remained privatised. The anti-trade union laws largely remained in place. The ta- top tax rate stayed the same. They cut corporation tax. Time and time again, fundamentally, they accepted the free market capitalist settlement, but merely tried to humanise it. That's not well, a revolution. So, so
1: did Deng Xiaoping, roughly the same time. To get rich is glorious. Yeah, but he they didn't... weren't bothered. The the, the 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 realization among among intelligent Marxists that attacking people for having money was a futile waste of time.
0: But that's kind of it's not.
1: F- it's, it's all part of the of the the, the, the re- revision which took place after 68. It's not
0: Marxism anymore. If you accept a large capitalist class is, and even encourage is, them, when, how is it Marxism? When did you
1: last read the, the Communist Manifesto of
0: 1848? I've read it several times.
1: It's fundamentally, it's the, as, as, as was the Paris Commune, which also got Marx into ecstasies. It's fundamentally a rerun of the 1789-93 French Revolution. It's a Jacobin document. It's much more about the, 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 the reordering of, of, of human existence than it is about economic seizure of power.
0: But the whole point... Is
1: a, this, is what, this, is, this is the revolutionary roots of, of, of all left-wing movements are uh, 18th-century France, not 20th-century Russia. And, it's, and the, the, this 1968 took revolutionaries, intelligent revolutionaries, back to 18th-century France.
0: Yeah, but the, the point about what Marxism is. No something
1: for instance the, the the very vigorous attack on Christianity yeah, but, which the left has been making in, in, in recent years. The, the, it comes from the, to Pit, the same. Tony Blair was a, he was a devout Christian. Well uh, it's,
0: it's a, but just on that, look, I mean what Marxism argued was capitalism, you know this it used to be a trotskyist, created a proletariat which was the would become the gravedigger of capitalism, um and by overthrowing the bourgeoisie. What the proletariat would do is, the, is eliminate all class also distinctions. The 1960s, but that's,
1: everybody else, but that's everybody, not what, everybody what the knew, did. Everybody knew that was wrong too. The the, the, the attempts to find a substitute for the proletariat, for instance in the Third World, the France Fanon View, all that, the, 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 all that was also going on because the proletariat had stopped being a proletariat. The proletariat the, the, the let down the the the, the 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 vanguard party, and they needed to replace it with something else. That wasn't going to happen. Proletarian revolution was an Edwardian diversion.
0: What genuine threat? Because you're you're what you said. You said you don't like Johnson. In fact, you think he's terrible. That you, you were reluctant to join in attacks upon him because you think things could get significantly worse. No, I didn't the, say that. The, I, you, I, did, you said it because things could be a lot worse. I'm reading your own writing here, by the way. I'm just reading about your column. What the, what what you you're arguing that Keir Starmer's government will essentially be this hard left revolutionary government. And I suppose well, my question is... We already have a hard
1: left revolutionary government. Do we now?
0: Yes. Do we?
1: In my view, yes. How? Why no. is it hard oh, left? Well, we'll look around. I, this, the, the, the continued destruction of the married family. How are they uh, destroying the Boris Johnson's destroyed the marriage family Egalitarian comprehensive education. Uh, the, the, uh, like they
0: want to be reopen uh, grammars Well, they're throwing that so as know, know, I'm
1: telling you what it, know, what it looks like to me. Um, a, a a foreign policy of, um, of of liberal interventionism rather than national defense uh, a a rapidly accelerating um, dismantling of the country itself uh, the the acceptance of constitutional reforms, which are fundamentally of the
0: What of the constitutional le- reforms.
1: Well, the, the main constitutional reforms of recent years were those again in the, in, during the Blair revolution of the the, the breakup of the country. You want the break of the country. You want English independence. I, now I do because that, because I recognise the country is broken up.
0: But you ha- it hasn't broken up. Well, it it's, has. still, it's still intact.
1: There's, there's still a few, few bits of news It's held together with post-it notes. There's nothing. There's nothing. The, the thing has no real continuity. Wales it, it will is. is go, it will go. Yeah, but uh, we, it, I it, find this interesting thing because at a time, I am mean, trying to explain to you what it, how it, is that I, how it is that, I see this some of the highest levels of, 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 of taxation uh, ever seen in this country now exists as well. The, the, the interference in people's private life at an unprecedented level. I don't think that this is a. It, it would be wrong to call this a country run by what I would regard it, as far as Interference private
0: life. I mean, given your views on marriage, I'm surprised at that, because you do want interference of people's private life, surely?
1: No, I, I, want, the, I want people to be allowed to. What, what the government has done is, is actively weakened the institution of marriage. It's actively weakened parental authority. It's actively weakened at the same time, say, the authority of teachers over pupils, as they're no longer called. Uh, it's done all kinds of things of that kind, which have uh, which have actually had the, the paradoxical effect of strengthening the power of the state. Can, can the I family just, being the principal rival of the state uh, in terms of power and influence over people. You know.
0: So I've got, I, that was my fault. I, I did a segue back to marriage. I mean, what, you're not proposing that the government would just overturn devolution. I'm not proposing I mean that would cause anything. A, probably I'm a not civil
1: I I, I I have no program. I keep trying to explain this to people. I, I I just sit and laugh. I have no. You become a nihilist. No, I just I, I, I just know that I have no um, no chance of influencing political development. Why do you want English
0: independence? Why not?
1: Because it's just the left is always the key that's going to why, destroy why sit, the country. Why, why sit around waiting? Why sit around waiting uh, no, to, to no, so, so, your, so all your all, all the the other parts of the United Kingdom are sliced off? Why sit around? It's okay, right? that's what you want, have it.
0: But it's just take, I mean, I support I you. Mean, I, don't, I
1: don't believe in sitting around waiting, waiting to have, 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 have chamber pots emptied over my head by other people. I, if, if, if they want us to go, then let us get up and go of our own free will, that's all. I don't see, I see any, any, any reason to sit around waiting for the further humiliations, but to be heaped upon us by, by Nicola Sturgeon and whoever, and not to mention Sinn Féin. Well, United is looking closer than ever. You're absolutely right. Let's talk I'm about, saying you- it for years. Let's look about Ukraine.
0: Now, I'm someone who would describe myself as being from the anti-war left. I regard the Iraq war as the greatest crime of our time. Hundreds of thousands of people slaughtered based on a pack of lies, uh, including obviously several British service personnel, but te- te- hundreds of thousands of Iraqi civilians. Libya, another absolute catastrophe based on a lie, as you've just pointed out. My view on what's happened in Ukraine is a kleptocratic, Russian, revanchist, chauvinist government, which is not inspired by the Soviet Union, actually very much against, is essentially a kind of neo-Tsarist, Russia, greater Russian, blood and soil Russian nationalist project, has, without any provocation whatsoever, invaded an independent country, which democratically elected its president, and, unleashed a barbaric war, including laying to waste entire cities and slaughtering innocent civilians. Surely, that is how we should see the war. And therefore, as one for the anti-war left, I would support arming Ukraine in that war of national self-defense so that the inevitable peace settlement, which I support, is as much on the terms of Ukraine as possible.
1: This is one of those moments very common in modern Britain where knowing anything about the subject is a profound disadvantage. In what sense? Well, I mean, I, I knew where Ukraine was before six weeks ago. Still I've okay. been there sure. for another thing. I know some history of it for another. Um, and uh, the, 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 the key, uh, how shall I put it, Error in what you just said was the was the phrase without provocation. Now, even Robert Kagan, you know who Robert Kagan is? Explain that for the viewers. Well, he's the husband of Victoria Newland, who is in charge of the United States Ukraine policy. He's a well-known uh, neoconservative thinker. Wrote recently in Foreign Affairs magazine that of course there have been provocation in Russia. Uh, in this, he joined all kinds of people from Henry Kissinger to John. Miersheimer, uh, to many, many others in diplomacy and politics over the past many years, you have said that the westward expansion of NATO was a grave mistake and would cause problems. Now, to say that something was provoked is not to say that that something was either good or wise. But to pretend that it wasn't provoked is absurd. The other thing is, there's a great inquiry going on in Washington DC at the moment about the events of January, 2021, in which a bunch of violent oafs tried to seize the US Capitol. And quite right too, it's a disgraceful episode. It needs to be investigated and exposed. But it seems to me that an equal amount of scrutiny should be aimed at the at the violent mob, Putsch, which, unlike the January 2021 events, was successful in Kiev in February of 2014, when the legitimately elected president of Ukraine was overthrown by a violent mob, with the backing of the United States.
0: Do you not think, following whatever we think about the so-called Maidan Revolution, there was a free and fair election after that, and there have been free and fair elections well, in Ukraine since? Because I mean, Zelensky like, won over 71%, it, it, and he wasn't... Let's,
1: let, let's stick to... Let's, Zelensky is the second person to have been elected since that, Event the first thing you remember was Petro Poroshenko, and
0: he was the, more, he was the, he was the less aggressive. Wait a minute, but let's
1: go back. To, instead of changing, the so let's go back to the initial point. First of all, uh, the there's, there's no question. You're you know, the, the newspaper with which you're principally associated, The Guardian, reported in 2010 that there was no question that Yanukovych had been fairly elected.
0: I, I don't dispute that.
1: Good. Right, he, just it so it? people
0: know, he's more pro-Russian. That's just so. Well,
1: it, that's that's one way of looking at it. I don't think you'd find the Russians would agree that the way he screwed them over, Sevastopol, and gas prices was particularly pro-Russian. Uh, it's a characterization made of him by by outsiders who know little of Ukrainian politics. Fair enough. Uh, he was ultimately pro-Ukrainian, but his his constituency tended to be among the the Russian speakers of the east rather than yeah. the, the, the 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 I should say the the different part of Ukraine that lies to the west. Yeah. Uh, and his party tended to get his support from there, but that's, no, so what we, we have first of all settled on it. he was legitimately elected. Secondly, we have to accept that he was not lawfully removed from office.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: Do you know what happened? I mean, do you know the visit by the, the foreign ministers of, of Poland, and France, and Germany to attempt to get the Ukrainian opposition to achieve a compromise on February 21st and 22nd of 2014? And the deal which they came up with, in which Yanukovych offered uh, and agreed to early elections, constitutional change. Do you know about this document?
0: Yeah, tell me more.
1: Well, I can't. I haven't got it with me, but it's. Uh, if you wanted the complete story, uh, Richard Sack was excellent book, Frontline Ukraine gives the whole story and indeed the details of the document. Among those who present was, was, for instance, Radek Sikorsky. Uh But it was a it was a, a, a very heavyweight delegation of very senior European political and diplomatic figures, and they came up with this, and the. Supposed moderates among the Ukrainian opposition speaking for the Maidan who were supposed to sell this deal took it to the Maidan and were told by the mob leaders uh, that they were not accepting it, that Yanukovych must go and if he did not go they would take arms and march on his house. Uh, the, shortly after that, as SAKWA describes it, the, what remained of the security forces in central Kiev disappeared. Uh, and Yanukovych having a pretty good idea of what might happen to him if he stuck around, left. There was then a supposed impeachment procedure in Kiev in the days afterwards in which they couldn't actually raise enough votes uh, to fulfill the conditions of the impeachment law, and during which, this is another crucial fact, there were armed men in the debating chamber of the Ukrainian rady the Ukrainian parliament. This was a putsch, and one of the people who says so is Jack Matlock, who was Ronald Reagan's ambassador to Moscow, as very senior American diplomat, he says it was a putsch. I very much agree with him. I think that it 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 it, 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 it has all the characteristics of a putsch: violence, uh, the overthrow of a legitimate of, 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 of a legitimate government, and its replacement by an illegitimate government without without so without lawful or constitutional so procedure. Just, just That's a putsch. Just and this, It so was also backed, as we know, for you you you, you know about the the bleep the EU. Tape. The, the, the,
0: the, what was the last one? Bleep
1: the EU. Uh, bleep. Bleep. Well, I'm being polite. Oh, sorry.
0: Bleep as in F-U-C-K-D. Yeah, yes, as in Victoria
1: Newland's um, conversation with the American ambassador you Ukraine, to Ukraine, which she was discussing uh, in great detail the kind of government which the United States wanted in Kiev, which was different from the one which it had. There's no question there was American involvement in this. And so this was the, and it also it, 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 it involved considerable violence. There's a, it's a great dispute, and it, this is not idle. Uh, serious academics have not been able to come up with a clear idea of what who is responsible. Beyond doubt, significant numbers of police officers defending the government were shot dead during this. The opening shots in the Ukrainian war were not fired when the when the russians mounted their barbaric and stupid invasion they were fired during the putsch in february 2014 and immediately war began a very very serious a very 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 serious war in which i have to say ukrainians behaved very badly towards Russian-speaking civilians. No, no.
0: In, no I mean, in fact, I wrote, I wrote about how human rights organizations can actually absolutely, absolutely detail uh, this,
1: this war. This war is eight years old. It's not new. You, you, you cited Henry. So you, provocation. I, I, I get, there is provocation.
0: H- Henry Kissinger. You cited, for example, I did, yeah. and the reason yeah. you, you cited him because he's associated often with the hawkish foreign policy. But Henry Kissinger is a war criminal. Is is you know wow. he's the exemplar of real politique. and his objection is his fear is. The main rival to U.S. power is China, and he's fearful of Russia and China well together. The block the point I'd make to you: this whole point about provocation. This, you know, Mir Sharma is it Meas Sharma? Meas Sharma. Now the argument is, is the same, which is basically to Latin America. Well, you, you say he's a war No, I'm not saying he's okay, definitely right. not a war criminal. Just avoid being just sued by Meas Sharma for no reason. No, he's not. No, Henry Kissinger is a war criminal. Um, no, the, 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 the argument there basically is this: if you have the bad luck, Is
1: Noam Chomsky walking. Around? No, no, because it's the one thing. I don't think it's the, the one thing I, about no, it's the one Peter, thing on the I know, planet I mean about, to Noam, Chomsky about like, Noam Chomsky and Ch- Henry Kissinger agree. No, no, they both agree. I'm saying that Henry Kissinger is a war, was a war criminal. Yeah, sorry,
0: Peter. I'm saying, I'm yeah, saying I'm just, Henry, Kissin, Henry Kissinger is a war criminal because he carpet bombed Southeast Asia. That's why I'm calling him a war yeah, criminal. Okay, but it's just not. Just to be absolutely just really to be very clear. Well, well. The argument, this real the realist kind of perspective here, is if you have the misfortune. No, listen, listen. Actually, if you've got the misfortune to live next to a great power, bad luck, mate, but you're gonna have to play a smart game or you're gonna get provoked by them. So an example of that would be this, Chile, 1973, ele- they they had a left-wing president Salvador Allende, Henry Kissinger himself said, I do not see why we have to let a country go communist because of the irresponsibility of their own people. My parents took in Chilean refugees. who fled Pinochet's regime. Now, Chile had the right to determine its own future just because it happens to be near a great power it didn't like in their backyard. No, 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 no the point I'm making is the no, same no, thing. Uh, no, Ukraine, you, it's not the same But thing. Ukraine has elected freely and fairly. No, no. Freely and fairly. You, no, you, said,
1: you, said, you said, no, I, I'm, on, arguing, on I'm arguing very narrowly right. that, that, that you said that it was without provocation.
0: But do you think electing Allende was a provocation to the United States?
1: I, hang on a minute. You said that I, I'm, 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 I'm sticking to one subject.
0: I lose the state though, I'm asking to one subject. Generally, you, people who are that?
1: losing the argument change the subject. I'm not changing the well, subject. Well, they don't I'm, change I'm expe- the subject. I'm extending Here your logic. Here is my simple point. I've extended in which, your logic. In which, in, which I, in, in, in which I have challenged your initial presentation, that you said it was without provocation. And I say it was not without provocation. I don't think that Absolutely. There wasn't it an was attack, there was no promote.
0: attack on Russia. Russia was not attacked by anyone in Ukraine.
1: There was no attack on on, um, Russian soil. Wait a minute. Provocation, and and again, you need to read Robert Kagan on this, doesn't necessitate an attack. Uh, Kagan also listed, which I wouldn't have had the nerve to do because I'm not an American, he listed uh, Roosevelt's manoeuvring of Japan uh, into attacking the United States in 1941 as a provocation. Of course, he also listed, as anybody who knows any history does, uh, Bismarck's maneuvering of Napoleon III into war in 1870 with the Ems telegram and these the, the, it is it is not unknown for countries to maneuver other countries into being the aggressor
0: no, but the point I'm making By
1: is there is no need and, and, on any uh, grounds K- of self defense K- for K- 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 Kagan, is, to ready a, ready Kagan is absolutely no, uh, not on my I, side in this matter but he is on the other hand an informed yeah an but, intelligent person with, with, the, with as we know, extremely high contacts the in the point United I'm, States government, po- and he says sure. that Russia was provoked. All right, y- and it's he, he's, he's uh, absurd to say it wasn't. He's provoked.
0: entitled to his opinion. Thank you. I, I'm, point, sure he's,
1: I'm sure he's glad the, you think so. The, the point, but I'm not. I'm not trying to no, make a. No, 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 I'm not but, trying to raise this because he's entitled to his opinion. No, it, it. it just
0: seems. If we can't.
1: No, accept, it just seems like
0: an appeal to authority. If if that's the point, and that's a logical fallacy, Peter. There's a
1: serious argument among people who hate Russia. Sure. there's a serious argument that there was provocation in this and then i think you have to accept it's quite likely I, that the war. I, I
0: think that's an appeal to authority which is a logical fallacy the okay. point
1: the argument i'm not,
0: not 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 the point of just being just to be, be very clear i don't see how they can be it can be deemed to be a provocation which obviously leads to a war you oppose by the way it's very very important to make that clear mm-hmm. but unless a country is attacked by another country unless its citizens are attacked, its military personnel, its soil, it cannot justly claim to have been legitimately provoked into any form of armed action and therefore no legitimate provocation took place which justifies a war which has killed tens of thousands of people already including working class Russians who've been lobbed into this horrendous war and ripped from their families at the age of 90. I
1: don't agree. I mean, It's a very interesting doctrine, but I don't agree. And I think that you can, it's perfectly possible to provoke uh, countries without um, without actually attacking them. And indeed, it's, uh, it, it can be a very useful tactic in war, as, as, uh, as, as Kagan pointed out. And the provocation has been a very long one. I, the other person who I've waited till this point to mention here is George Kennan. The inventor of the of the whole diplomatic strategy contained containment the Soviet Union, who came out of retirement. I know. Uh, to warn against NATO expansion on exactly these grounds. It's there's no shortage of people. Putin himself, in his speech at the Munich Security Conference, said, What is all this for? And the, 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 the response the year afterwards at the NATO Bucharest Conference to Putin saying, Why are you doing this? It was not, oh well let's consider this, but an offer heavily sponsored by that genius of military and diplomatic uh, strategy, George W. Bush, an offer to Ukraine and Georgia that they should they should become members of NATO. But Very strongly, I have to say, against the advice of many European Union leaders who thought this was an act of folly and indeed provocation. And so it turned out this was not an unpredictable crisis. This is a crisis that's been predicted since, say, George Cannon yeah, began but, to warn against it. But the thing is, back so, in 1998, I, I, don't, I don't
0: support NATO. If there was a referendum in this country, I'd vote to leave NATO. So, just to be absolutely clear about my own position and credentials on that issue, the point I would put to you is this:
1: There isn't going to be no, one.
0: No, 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 no. I think this is. I, I want you to engage with this point because I think it's an important point. No. Well, let me just put it to you, and then you can decide whether to engage with it. From my perspective. Western power, Western imperialism, is responsible for the greatest global crimes. Iraq being most notable recently. I could go back to Vietnam, Henry Kissinger, if we keep citing. Uh, whether it be obviously you could cite Libya. You know, so many catastrophes which have decimated the you lives. You mentioned
1: Syria. I noticed. Si- well,
0: okay, we, we could talk also about Western involvement in Syria, but we're going to get distracted. So, the point I'm making about Eastern Europe is their perspective is this: look. They might say you're absolutely right about Iraq and elsewhere, but our history is one of Russian domination and fear of of Russian power. And they would be able to cite over many centuries subjugation by Russia in various incarnations, and that's what they fear the most. And the reason they've been driven into the arms of NATO is a legitimate fear of Russian expansionism.
1: Before 1991, when was Ukraine an independent nation? But you could say this about... No, I eight... not asking a question. Before 1991, when was Ukraine an in independent nation? Well, b- briefly, after the Brest-Litovsk... No, <laughs> there was, it was, a, there was a, just, just a, a German puppet. It was 1918 a It was a German puppet in
0: 1918,
1: wasn't it? When was Ukraine last in well,
0: Kurdistan's never been an independent it's country, but I see Kurdistan as a nation. Do you I'm think not Kurdistan's saying, no, a nation? But
1: I haven't said it isn't a nation. I'm saying that Ukraine's independence, in its current form, yeah. dates from 1991. Yeah. How was it obtained?
0: a referendum with, exactly, with people, through a referendum in which overwhelmingly no, no, it, people voted for independence
1: know this no don't treat me as if i don't know not, it, was obtained, it was obtained it was said the referendum did russia uh, offer any resistance to the outcome of that referendum or prevent ukraine from from, well, the, from a previous did russia prevent the previous administration did, no, no, no it's a no, different no, administration no. did russia prevent ukraine no. from becoming independent or in any way hamper ukraine's independence or do anything no. to, to get in the way of ukraine's independence no For many, many years after, there was no conflict between the two at all. Do you
0: think Putin, if he was in charge at the time, would have allowed that to happen? I don't think so.
1: He wouldn't have had any choice.
0: Well, I'm not sure about that. You see, you're talking about, yeah, I don't like Yeltsin. I'm not going to
1: go into this theorising about what Putin supposedly wanted to re-establish the Soviet Union. If you want to believe that, you can. I don't don't, know. No, I don't. I think he wants the Russian Empire. I don't think he wants the Russian Empire. It's it's not. Ukraine is an independent country. The country which began... Arming and equipping and giving military advice to Ukraine from 1991 was which country? When did American, when did American, I've told you the answer to this, when did American military aid to Ukraine begin? The moment it became independent. Okay. 1991. And I quit with nuclear became, disarmament in 1994? No, Ukraine never had nuclear
0: weapons.
1: It did. No, Ukraine had on its territory nuclear weapons belonging to the Soviet Union. It had nuclear weapons in the sense that Britain had had, um, had the American uh, the American missile stationed in, in, in Holy Lock. There were well, no... The, the Ukraine never had uh, never had control over the over Soviet nuclear weapons. Uh, it never had the launch codes, and it wasn't able to secure them. The, it's a fantasy. Anyone on the, the, the Kavakistan Kale- Kale- makes the, the same... Reason,
0: the reason I don't accept... That's
1: your argument. Ukraine was never a nuclear okay. power and didn't give up being nuclear Wait, the, power. the reason, just quite... But it, it, the, 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 to, to the extent that it's at all relevant to the point, uh, but I, I, I have to correct this factually. The... Within... Months of Ukraine becoming independent it began to receive a, a, right. American advice and aid. Okay, for why? Well, I, I mean, look, I don't. I'm not. I'm not an apologist for
0: U.S. foreign policy. So I'm probably the wrong person. No, I'm just saying.
1: You're the person who says yeah, no, this has been. no provocation. No. Really, no. if if Scotland successfully achieved independence, say in September this year, if they managed to hold the second referendum and, and the independence side might. And immediately, Chinese military advisors arrived in Glasgow. What do you think the response would be in London? I mean, what do you think we'd say? Yeah, but, what do you think we'd do? But I think the reason- I mean, even in <laughs> the, I've the, 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 absolutely no doubt- The, the reason The government in, government in London, if Scotland declared independence would say, okay, well, this is your wish. I hope they'd be as nice about it as possible. They certainly wouldn't say, right, we're coming for you. Uh, well, no, if, nor, nor would there be any hostility. But if immediately yeah, sure. but after, if, a if peace, any, after a peaceful yeah. departure right. obtained by a referendum, the a neighbouring country begins to accept military advice from a from a from a distant foreign power. Yeah, it, but, it, but Peter, it, it, me, it begins to it begins to start people wondering what's going on. Have you, Peter, are, are Peter, you, are Peter, you, are you familiar just... with Zbigniew yeah, sure. Brzezinski's book, The Grand Chessboard? Kay. And his theory of the importance of Ukraine.
0: Yes, I, I, I know
1: that i not. You know how he how he, he views Ukraine as being strategically just, the most important. Just on this,
0: can I can I just respond? So, you just made such it. a long point there in many different subpoints. Okay. now you make some long points if, as well. T- true, if there were Chinese military advisors, if if Scotland, an independent Scotland, moved into the Chinese military orbit, there's no question that would receive a hostile reaction it from Westminster yeah. government. If the Westminster government then responded by invading Scotland and wiping out... Aber- you know. Listen, wiping out Aberdeen, there would be nothing more to say it's, on that other than that is a monstrous, unprovoked, unprovoked
1: invasion. but you see, I'm not... First of all, I'm not arguing that, uh, uh, as, you, as you've rightly... But I don't regard uh, that as you right, As you've rightly pointed out, I'm not arguing that the, 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 the Russian invasion was justified or right. No. I am saying it was provoked. And I'm saying it was provoked over a very long period of repeated... Uh, of, of, of repeated, in my view, stupidity. If you ignore someone with the intelligence and experience of George Kennan, well, no, then you're stupid. It's,
0: it's appeal to authority, that. Again, look, just I, not
1: an appeal to authority. It's, I, a, it's an appeal to experience. Peter, and it's also, the, the, it's an
0: appeal to fact. The point, the, a, the point did, I wanted to make, listen, please let me l- l- just pu- yeah, make this point so you can engage with it. I want to be clear what it is we're arguing. About. Yeah, of course, but if you listen to what Putin or Medvedev or all the other senior Russian officials around them are saying, they are making very, very clear that this is about greater Russian nationalism. They talked about... deep. you speak Russian? De- no, but I've read the translations, which I'm sure I presume are not being fabricated. Not de-
1: fabricated. De- but-
0: no, listen, de ukrainization Putin's speech on the eve of the invasion of Ukraine, yes. where he ranted about Vladimir Lenin for creating the entity of Ukraine and how it wasn't a legitimate entity. The whole basis, the rhetoric of the Russian regime is that Ukraine is not a legitimate political entity. where does he say that? That it doesn't have, that's, where, what, he where, said, and that's where, what he said where, in his speech. Where
1: did he say it? What is the quotation? Oh, well, do you want me to bring up the Yeah, your, I do, because people oh keep telling word. me this. Okay. Where, where did Putin, Putin say Ukraine is, Ukraine is not a legitimate country?
0: He said, Putin's speech, eve of invasion. This is ludicrous i up. I'll start with the fact that modern Ukraine was entirely created by Russia, more precisely, Bolshevik Communist Russia. This process began almost immediately after the revolution in 1917, and Lenin and his associates did it in a very rude way towards Russia itself by separating, tearing away from it part of his own historical territories. Of course, no one asked about anything to the millions of people who lived here. Then, on the even after the Great Patriotic War, Stalin already annexed the USSR and pre- transferred to Ukraine some lands that previously belonged to Poland, Romania, and Hungary. At the same time, as a kind of compensation, Stalin endowed Poland with part of the original German territories. And Khrushchev, for some reason, took away Crimea from Russia and gave it also to Ukraine. Actually, this is how the territory of Soviet Ukraine was formed. As a result of the Bolshevik policy, Soviet Ukraine arose, which even today can with good name reason be called Ukraine named after Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. He is its author and architect. This is fully confirmed by archival documents, including Lenin's harsh direct in the Donbass, which was literally squeezed into Ukraine, and now grateful descendants have demolished monuments to Lenin in Ukraine. The point he is making there is Ukraine is not illegitimate. In, it's not illegitimate. He doesn't say that. You You can't find
1: the words there because he didn't say them. There is a long and complicated argument about the nature of of what was the Soviet Republic of Ukraine.
0: All countries are arbitrary. There
1: is a long and complicated argument about that because because if you were trying to design a country to to function independently as Ukraine, nobody would choose the borders which Ukraine has. But he's not at any point saying Ukraine is not a legitimate country. People constantly say this. The words are not there. When, why the words Med- are not there. Why okay. does, I, any, any, does, any, any, any more than Jim Callahan said crisis, what crisis? He didn't say that. What, people are constantly telling me he said it. Argue about what he actually does say, which is a, a, a much more complicated.
0: What does Medvedev, the former prime minister and the stooge president of Putin, when he talks about de ukrainisation what do you think he's talking about? I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't know. Come on now. I don't know de is just, look, it, it, it's it most extreme is genocide or rhetoric. Let's just be brutally honest with If he's saying I know, I know. we're, were going to we, de Britain, so what, what, what are we talking what about the,
1: what, What's the context? What's he, what, what's he, what, he, what's he saying? said I'll bring it up if you want.
0: You, that Ken, we can bring up these quotes. I think no, no, we, I'm we I'm already not, have I a different interpretation.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not contesting it. I just, I just don't know. I just don't we, know this. We have uh, a different... No, I just don't know what it is you're referring to. I'm asking what he actually said. Okay. If you tell me what he actually said, the word by itself doesn't tell me much
0: well so he says well he talked as well he said deep ukrainization is a fictional concept fueled by anti-russian poison and an all-consuming lie about its identity is one big fake this phenomenon has never happened in history and now it doesn't exist ukraine he said will suffer its own fate having mentally transformed into the third reich having written down the names of jews and nazi henchmen to history books there there she is there she is dear such ukraine Ukraine, Russia's most important well, no, goal no, no, is to change he, he, he the bloody and full th- of
1: false myths. He seems there to be denouncing de-Ukrainization as something he, he doesn't accept.
0: No, no, it's he, no, a deep-Ukrainization. He's talking about how Ukra- Ukrainian... Oh, I
1: thought you... I thought he he, he talked about de-Ukrainization
0: as well to, di- to reverse that process.
1: Okay, well, I don't know about that. I mean, it's, it seems to me to be a, a, a diversion from the point.
0: Well, no, but I'm saying the rhetoric the of the Russian regime is hostility what, what to the very argu- concept of Ukraine as a ar- nation.
1: What do we argue, though? We're, we're arguing about- I'm our, arguing about when did this war start?
0: I'm Was saying Russia's war aims aren't driven this, by propagation. When, when
1: did this war start? What is it about? Right. And, uh And if you like, if you're, if, if you're interested in discussing whether, uh, whether this country should be involved in arming Ukraine, uh, then what is our interest in doing so? That's what you. That's what I'm arguing. I'm saying it was unquestionably provoked, and I don't. I think the uh, the the admission of Robert Kagan of this is is, uh, is is absolute. If if someone on that side admits it, even if you don't accept George Kennan's protests, uh, and if you don't accept Jack Matlock's def- description of the events of 2014 as a putsch, even if you don't accept that, uh, and if you don't if you don't see any um, any any worrying nature in George W. Bush's behaviour in Bucharest in 2008. If, if you, even then, you still have to accept that there is a, a serious argument that this action was...
0: I oppose NATO expansion. No, was, but was,
1: I oppose NATO, was, NATO expansion. The point. OK, well... Uh, like why,
0: uh, but the point I'm making is, I understand why Eastern Europeans have a different perspective to me, because an Eastern European will tell me, and have, I've, been, I've been told off by people in Eastern Europe for being tone deaf on this particular issue, is they will say to me, it's easy for you to make this argument, but you haven't lived under the shadow of Russia in various different incarnations, which sees Eastern and Central Europe yeah, as its favorite. I'm not unfamiliar with Eastern Europe myself. I know, I'm not trying to patronize you. I'm just trying to explain what I Eastern Europeans have told Well,
1: me. I'm not unfamiliar, but I, the, 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 the truth is that the, the, the first... Um, the first of the former Soviet control areas to become NATO members were... Latvia, Estonia and Lithuania. Yeah. In what year did they do so? What, they, what
0: 1990, wasn't it? When yeah. they became independent? I mean, they were annexed I think, by Stalin, I think, to be I fair.
1: Think, well, I, yes. Um, they... But, that's not the point. The point is, I think, it's, I think there were 13 years between their declarations of independence and their... I have to check this, but certainly a very lo- long period between their declarations of independence and their accession to NATO.
0: Yeah, it was a lot. Well, during
1: that time, uh, were they threatened with, uh, with, with, with Russian takeover? In
0: well, it? you've seen it. You've got certainly on Russian state television pundits talking about how they need to go into the Baltic states and even attack Poland.
1: Well, maybe you have, but I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you, was there any serious suggestion that, the, that, they, that their sovereignty was under threat? The answer is no. Well, is,
0: you could say he's, yeah, got, he's yeah, invaded yeah, in answer, Georgia. The answer is
1: the answer, I mean, yeah, the answer, yeah. no. Georgia, Georgia, as the Tagliavina report clearly shows, uh, Georgia provoked that, uh, provoked that event by, by, by making the attack. It was Georgian shelling that began that attack. There isn't any question. This is a European Union admission report. And it says so, and it just—it just, it, it, was—it was started by Georgia, and there are an interesting arguments about why that should have been, but it was.
0: Just finally on Ukraine, how do you think the war? What? How do you see a last? Because we, at the end of the day, there has to be some sort of settlement. It's an inevitability, of sort of that's how a war. We has haven't to end. really
1: got anywhere on 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 whose fault it is. Well, uh, the po- what the real reason is for it or what Britain's interest I, in.
0: I think, Rush, I think Russian war aims are driven by greater Russian chauvinism and nationalism. Well, we I don't, don't think, think I they're think, driven I, by I didn't. think,
1: I think you, have, you, 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 you can think that as much as you like. You haven't produced any evidence for it.
0: I think, I think that Putin speech, we have obviously a very different interpretation. I've, I've of seen a lot
1: of people telling me what the Putin speech meant. Uh, Why but, do you think but, he's but, talking but about learning not I, being If, a if, I, if I challenge you for, because he's because I mean, Putin is a, is a is not some great intellectual historian. No. but he he, he he likes to talk about history. He does. He's a long disposition. What he's basically doing is explaining that the current shape of Ukraine, the shape of Ukraine in which it became independent in 1991, was was <laughs> as, as far as I recall, he actually uses yeah. the phrase was was the the result of the the actions of the. Um, the, the, of, of the Central Committee of the Soviet Communist Party, a body for which he and nobody else has any has any lingering respect. It was a very awkward shaped country in which to, uh, to, to, to in which to seek independence. And here is a thing which you won't like to know. Uh, but we've discussed how Ukraine left the, the power of Moscow through a referendum, which was respected by Moscow in 1991. In 1992, the people of Crimea tried under the Ukrainian constitution lawfully to hold a referendum on the status of Crimea, in which it was certain they would have voted to leave Ukraine if they'd been given the chance. And there were, they, were, they, they were forced to cancel it under threats of violence from Kiev. So it's OK. In the... It's OK for Ukraine to leave Russia under a referendum and for, to be, and, and for Russia to say, fine, you go. And Russia is still condemned as a dreaming hold imperial on, power. Hold on. Uh, but if, if, if Crimea wishes to leave Ukraine, as Ukraine left the power of Russia, then Ukraine prevents Crimea from doing so. This is historical fact. But, but
0: can I just, in 1991, in the referendum for Ukrainian independence, 55% of the people of Crimea voted for independence.
1: Well, it's a complicated thing. What they were actually voting, they voted for independence from the Soviet Union. The the issue of the referendum was partly to do with the Soviet Union. I don't think there's any doubt at all. I, huge numbers of people signed a petition in in ninety in early ninety two asking for a, a very large. I'm not surprised.
0: Forty five percent of them placed independence. Sorry. So that's a- Forty-five oh, percent, fine. Four, it's like the rem- no. it's like remainers. You could say you, you could you, say remainers positioned like against this, Ukraine, 48% Ukraine of them, I mean. in nineteen
1: ninety-two. Have you got that? I'm referring to nineteen ninety-two. Yes, I have, but that's not it's that 30 long. Years, Thirty years ago. Yeah, but it's not this that is, long
0: after the referendum in 1991, uh, in which mis- they voted I'm, for if, independence. But
1: if, if Ukraine was so confident that the majority of the Crimean people were going to vote to stay in Ukraine, why did they prevent the referendum from taking place? Well, you could say which well, they did, you not could, lawfully. But with, he, but with threats of violence.
0: Why did Theresa May stop another referendum on Brexit, it's given a, you had all these marches and petitions it's a good by question. Remainers?
1: It's a good question, but there it is. is. Um, I do, but it's, it's not the one I'm asking.
0: Well, no, I'm just saying look, the losing side in a the referendum point, the often then that that try I'm, and want point, another referendum. Point that what I'm I'm the
1: point that I'm making is that Ukraine in the shape in which it became, became independent in 1991 was not ideally designed. It's not unreasonable to say so, particularly the Khrushchev transfer of Crimea to Ukraine in 1954.
0: If Ukraine isn't armed by Western powers, what would happen to Ukraine, do you think, in the current context?
1: Well, if Ukraine stayed out of uh, of Western Western alliances, nothing would have happened.
0: Do you think now if Ukraine say we won't join NATO ever again, the war would just end?
1: Sorry, we'll never join NATO. NATO isn't necessarily the point. NATO, NATO membership doesn't doesn't prevent a NATO member from, from intervening in the war in Ukraine. Britain is not, by its adherence to NATO, prevented from sending troops to fight in Ukraine or declaring war on Russia. Nor is the United States. It's a fantasy that the NATO membership actually prevents us from doing these things. The reason why Britain and the United States and France and Germany and all the other NATO members are not doing this is not because Ukraine isn't in NATO, it's because they don't want to. If they wanted to, they have the sovereign about it. In fact, the NATO treaty itself is so vague can, can, I'm just that it wouldn't can compel just, them to sorry, if, 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 if Ukraine were a NATO member. Just
0: a straightforward question.
1: Article 5 if, is greatly overrated. If,
0: if arms, military arms now, yeah. were not given to Ukraine, what do you think would happen to Ukraine now? in the current context? If all arms stopped like, now, this second, what would happen to Ukraine? Do you I don't know. I don't know. Would you, the not, Russians would just march all the way not
1: a military expert. Well, they take don't, Kiev, wouldn't they? I don't know. Do they want to take it?
0: Well, I think originally they wanted a lightning strike in Kiev. That was their, I mean, they just went into butcher, murdered huge numbers of innocent people, uh, put them in mass graves, raped people. So
1: we know that. I mean, the, the, the war is horrible, and yeah. if you don't like atrocities, don't have them. But I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm not defending the war, nor am I defending the invasion. But I'm saying they wanted well, I don't, to take no, Kiev. What I'm saying is, them. I don't know what the objectives.
0: Why did they have a convoy go to I Kiev? I don't know because they, they wanted to take they wanted to take I don't know you don't send a military convoy on the way to a capital unless you want to take the capital
1: are you, right. a, a, have you have you have you done the 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 Camberley staff course are you are you expert in, in, in land warfare because I'm not I, I don't know why I, they I, did you it.
0: don't have to be an expert in military warfare to know that if you're sending a massive armed convoy on the way to a city you probably plan to take the city otherwise why would you waste all that resources the whole just to, just to go but a I don't, trip I don't through the know. Ukrainian what, the,
1: the, the question then you have to ask is why they didn't do it. But it's not—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's not of any interest. What is the purpose of this invasion?
0: Well, they're going to annex large parts of Eastern Europe of Eastern Ukraine to. Russia, well, they aren't might.
1: Right? I mean, they, they might. Including they, Mariupol,
0: they're they, going to do what they did in Grozny. They
1: might do that. Yes. But uh, do, do you do you actually think the intention was to seize Ukraine and in, 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 invade it in a sort of Impose a puppet, p- impose well, you a maybe puppet right. Regime. But I have no way of knowing that. I've never seen the objectives of the operation announced. Just find lots guess. of people telling me what they were. I don't know what, but I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. It's, it's how, not. How I I make no claims to. I've never even been in the combined cadet force. I have no knowledge of military tactics or strategy what what do you think i couldn't even dismantle a rifle what do
0: you think the likely outcome of this war would be and do you think there could be a lasting settlement which will well, prevent could it? Be. there was
1: a lasting settlement available before it started in minsk too which was uh, but the, the united states particularly wouldn't put any any force behind it so it, it, it never came to be either you could have a settlement tomorrow if there was a desire for a settlement. But I strongly suspect there are certainly elements in the United States who want a long war. And it may well be uh, that the Russian response will be okay. If you want a long war, you can have one. Do you think the likely outcome of this in terms of the
0: decline of Western power, the context of the decline of Western power, because the reason, as I mentioned Kissinger before, his concerns about the Ukraine conflict is for people like Kissinger, the main Strategic rival to the United States is China, and the lasting outcome. There is
1: something in what he says, isn't well, there? Well, the
0: lasting outcome is likely to be Russia ever more firmly as a junior partner um, in the bloc. because the whole point of Nixon going to China, of course, was to divide uh, the Soviet but, but in, Union in and China. In those so states, the Soviet
1: it, Union was a, was a global military, uh, and Russia was an enfeebled political space, power, so. Russia, Russia is a is a is a, is a is a rust heap with the gross domestic product size of Italy.
0: Yeah, with a much bigger population, so per capita, much lower, yeah. So do you think that's the likely outcome of all of this actually for the West, is bad news because for Western strategic interests, because it will mean a power block led by China, maybe even India. I mean, India and China historically have had rivalries, but they've moved closer together. See,
1: I have no idea. I, but what I can say is I can see no sense in this. Uh, If if, if the United States or Britain or Russia were trying to run intelligent, self-interested foreign policy, I can see no sense in anything that any of them have been doing for the past several months. It's all stupid. But the problem is that any reading of history, you will find that most people behave stupidly most of the time. So that's nothing new. But it's stupid. What is the point of it? What does the United States gain? What does Europe gain? What does Ukraine gain? What does Russia gain? What does Britain gain? nothing it's just piles of corpses
0: yeah. right now tens been... thousands
1: of corpses and millions of refugees who were formerly happy contented human beings what's the point of that
0: they very, very strongly agree with that just but fine. it was
1: provoked and it was and, and, and i'm afraid that the people who provoked it whether It doesn't matter whether you what you think about the rightness or wrongness of the Russian action. I think, to me, it was one of the worst pieces of news I've ever heard in my life. Uh, It's so wrong and stupid, was it? But there it was. Whatever you think of it, nonetheless, those who provoked it have to have to take some responsibility for it.
0: Finally, we've covered lots of ground. Let's try and wrap up on a. I would say try and do an optimistic note, but I, I I'm. I've rarely heard you say anything optimistic on your own terms. You're not. You really say? I was going to try and end on, on an optimistic note, but I have to say, no, you're, not, I you're not one of life's natural optimists, is what I'm Optimism trying to say. is for fools. Okay, well, there yeah, we go. So is, I was going to ask no, what does, a, if
1: you, the secret of happiness as personal. Because
0: if I was going to say, if someone's going to ask me what gives me hope, because I think these are, from my own perspective, very politically bleak times, uh, but what gives me hope, I always think, are our younger people who I think are, have, have suffered. Tremendously, over the last 15 years, austerity has disproportionately affected them. The pandemic, we don't agree with the response, but they suffered the terrible consequences um, because they formed a cordon sanitaire amongst the elderly population. They give me hope because, politically, I think they're the most progressive generation we've ever had. That gives me hope.
1: What gives you hope? All oh, well, my hopes are religious. I have no, I, I, I have no material. So the next hopes. Well, it for, no, for eternity. There is. I mean, yeah. for instance, yeah. you and I both desire—absolutely certain—desire uh, justice very, very strongly. Uh, we have it within us as an almost um, burning, fiery furnace. Yeah, they and must say, yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. desired. Yeah. And also, both of us know that in this life we will not see justice.
0: I don't give up on that, actually.
1: But fine. it won't happen. I disagree. But so, therefore, the only place in which I can see the possibility of justice is eternity. So that's what I stick to
0: history turns on a sixpence things can change very very quickly if you look at history very dramatically yes they can as you say on that on that optimistic note Peter it's been a pleasure as ever thank you for listening everyone I hope you found that educational, interesting, engaging, and all sorts of other things. Do support us on patreon.com forward slash ownjones84. You keep doing the podcast and the channel uh, with our incredible team's work or use the support function in the description. And do subscribe and leave us a review, please. Some stars, any of those things. Um, But otherwise, lots of love. Hope you're well. Speak to you soon.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.